Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films, or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. Whoa. <laughs> Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Matty Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, pod people, Engineer Adam here, jumping in for a quick second to let you know about the brand new all-in-one platform for all of you creative podcasters out there. Anchor makes it easier than ever to make a podcast. It's free to use and has all the creation tools you need to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Plus, Anchor will get your podcast set up on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. Even better, Anchor helps you connect with sponsors, even if you're just starting out. It's the perfect choice for podcasters, so make sure to check it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Back to the show. The Star Wars universe is constantly expanding. But how the heck are you going to keep tabs on it without a holocron? And where in the rim can I score the juiciest news and rumors? Ah, you seek State of the Empire, Consequence of Sound's Star Wars Speculation Podcast, where we look for news in Alderaan places. We dig into the Sarlacc pit of the internet for the hottest intel in the galaxy far, far away. Make Indiana Jones inquiries and keep watch for the latest on Willow. Find us on consequenceofsound.net or wherever you procure fine podcasts. It's the show you're looking for. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello to all of you beautiful pod people out there. I am your host, Leo Phillips, and I'm back. I know I wasn't here last week, but everything is still the same. But my little voice which is still kind of gone and a bit whiny. This is another installment of This Must Be The Gig, your little backstage pass to the world of live music. Each and every single week, I bring you a fascinating conversation from the beating heart of the live music and performance scenes around the world. And that could mean I talk to musicians festival founders, choreographers, comedians, actors. Really, I seek out anybody who's completely obsessed with live music the way that we all are. And this week, our chat is yet again another episode I recorded in Iceland at Iceland Airwaves, which was their 20th anniversary and my fourth year there. And uh, before we cut over to the little comfy confines of Reykjavik, let's check in with my co-host, Adam Kivel. Hey, Engineer Adam on the ones and twos. <laughs> on the ones and twos, beep beeps. The beep beeps. 
So thank you for sabbing in for me last week. I know that it was a bit of a crazy time. Was that intro how I got promoted to co-host from Engineer? I You've feel always like... been co-host. Well, that's awesome. I thought the Engineer was just one of those like Seinfeld spoofs. Is that what you call it? Then why have I been carrying around this pocket square the whole time? (laughs) It says Engineer Adam. Yeah, it just says Engineer Adam here. Hey, Pocket square. Yeah. Get in my pocket. It's monogrammed. I wish I could carry things around that mean a lot to me in my pockets. You can. No, but like shrink things and then oh, carry them oh, around. like Pod Puppy Buffy? Just yes. like a tiny version of her in your yes, pocket at all times? Yes, if I could bring my dog with me everywhere I go, but also maybe my family. Yeah. I don't think they would mind. It would be like Matt Damon's downsizing, but it would be Lior sizing. <laughs> and they wouldn't be living the worst life. I'll I, give them like little... There's always crumbs of something in my pocket. Oh, I didn't see it, so I'm just thinking about like, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Is I'm that okay? I'm f- trying to feel around my pocket for something. Do you know one day I did actually... What's the worst, the biggest surprise thing that you found in your pocket? Ooh, biggest surprise or worst surprise? I feel biggest. like those are... Biggest surprise. Hmm. I do remember finding... Just like a wet Jolly Rancher in my pocket. Why? I don't. I still to this day. I do still to this day do not know where it came from. That's worse than my story of when I bought a really, really cool 80s brown leather jacket. And obviously leather means never wash. Right. right? And never check the pockets (laughs) until a year later when there was a disgusting drugstore orange lipstick that was definitely from the person who had passed away in that jacket you know so that i had a ghost lipstick <laughs> i just assumed that every second hand or vintage item of clothing that i buy belongs to, belong to a ghost because <laughs> i secretly feel like i am one you're a ghost collector so basically the crux of the story is i have my voice back and i've used it to tell you i want to shrink my family and that i believe all my clothes <laughs> owned by dead people. I think that is a great moral for This is a great way story. to start. Yeah. This is a great way to start. How do we segue? But anyway, back to back Iceland. Back to Iceland. God, that's awful. We are a very serious podcast, actually. Oh, yeah. This we is cover real, top-tier real matters. Top-tier reporting. We really do, though. And this week is no exception. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> This week, I have one of my favorite Icelandic bands, Virk. Is that right? Virk. I have a terrible insecurity with pronunciation in general, and now you're giving me Icelandic names to pronounce and Icelandic bands. And Icelandic is a difficult language. Thank you for yeah. telling me that. I mean, I'm telling the audience that. We all know this. I don't know if everybody knows I that. I think that it's... It's it's difficult and challenging because it doesn't exist, right? You get to Iceland and you're like, oh, the, you leave and you're like, that wasn't real. It None of it magic. was real. It was pure magic. Yeah. It's always magic when I go and I always lose my voice because I speak to so many wonderful people and I can't stop asking them a million questions. She's putting her voice on the line for you, listener. Appreciate it. So today we have Margaret... And Einar, who have just finished an album, apparently 
according to them. They finished the album that very morning of our interview. So for those who have followed them for a few years like I have, you've just found out they have a new album on the way. But we can't really give that many details right now. You'll have to listen to the episode for more splooshy Exclusive. Scoops. Splooshy scoops. Exclusive. Exclusive splooshy scoops. The only thing I love more than an ice cream scoop is... A news scoop. We discuss what they love about the Icelandic music scene, uh, how themes of disappointment and also being afraid of the dark filter into their new album. Also that they'll be going on tour with the editors, who I love. And I don't know why I just sang that. Because editors are such a beloved band that they just inspire music within you. They elicit the songbird. There's just a joy that radiates from your heart when you have to say editors. Just say editors. Maybe I can shrink the editors and have them (laughs) in my pocket too. What the things I could shrink. Um, I digress or progress. You decide. We also chat about the fun antics. That happened when one of the band members, not going to tell you who just yet, climbed on stage when they were seven years old during a punk show. Also, our shared love of Massive Attack and Portishead. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack. And if you're already starting to skip ahead, don't skip ahead just yet. I know you want to get there. I know you want to listen to this episode. Remember, the only way that people can find us and the only way that anyone ever finds us is through your reviews and your ratings. Just the other day, we got a massive surge from a certain part in the world called France because we had a really wonderful bout of reviews and, and, uh, and ratings. And that's the only way. Basically, iTunes and Apple and Spotify, the way that the algorithm works is that if you rate and review other people can find us. That means if you love this show, that means other people will love this show because you're cool and everybody else is cool and we're all going to be cool together and love the show but together. But let's not promote the concept of coolness because that's also too exclusive. Nerds is cool now. Nerds is cool now. Basically, if you also want to shrink things and write lose your voice and travel the world, write a review. Rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, Find us on Spotify. Find us on Spotify. Review us. Rate us anywhere you possibly can. Five stars, please. And also uh, write a review and subscribe. These are all important ways for us to be able to get to other people. And the more people we get to, the more episodes we'll be able to do. It's going to keep growing and growing and growing. It's going to be a great thing for everyone. If you missed... Iceland Airwaves this year, shame on you. But if you missed my coverage of Iceland Airwaves this year, it is all in the beautiful collage of a photo gallery up on consequenceofsound.net. Go have a look at all the amazing shows that I saw. And I'm not going to tell you who's next uh, Who's next on the podcast because I chatted to a lot of people in Iceland and you're just going to have to wait and see who else is next you know where you could find out some hints about who's coming up next at all of the social medias instagram facebook twitter at tmbtg pod that's tmbtg pod follow us 
We love the community of listeners. We want to connect with you more. We want to share with you more. The only way to do that is through social media and all of these rating and reviewing tools will grow our community and connect with you there. And you know what the best thing is, is that lately we've been getting a lot of, obviously people always tell us what their best shows were, but we're getting a lot of people suggesting what we should have on the podcast and who we should speak to. So if you're thinking of the band that you really want to find out how they tour, their relationship to personal performance, to, to their artwork, let us know. This is us, not the sitcom, the conversation. But you might still cry. Goodbye. Uh, my name is Margaret and I'm in the band Vuk. My name is Einar and I'm also in the band Vuk. <laughs> Are those the only bands you're in? Uh, no. Einar? I, I also uh, perform with a performance group called Hatari. I love that. <laughs> I saw you guys last year. All right. Do you wear a mask or something? Maybe. <laughs> I know you. That was a trick question I knew anyway. <laughs> so can you tell people a little bit about that? I thought this was an interview with Vuk. <laughs> so this is what they do. They don't want to talk to anybody about what they do. But if you are a fan, they can still, people can find the music, at least, somewhere online, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Where, where do they find that? On Google. <laughs> Google Map. Google Maps. <laughs> Just type in Hatari. <laughs> um, no, sorry, I, I, won't, I won't push you more. I want to know about the band that we are here to talk about first. All right. What does it stand for? Because a lot of people obviously will mispronounce it. What does it mean? Yes. Um, it's basically, um, yeah, a simple, simple description is a hole in the ice. Okay. Uh, and it's pronounced Vök. And many people say Vogue. Yes. Uh, yeah. Lo- we hear loads of <laughs> bad pronunciation. Yeah. Fuck. Yes. You can swear yeah. on this. This okay. is it's it's yeah. explicit ratings on iTunes, okay. so you can swear on this. Yeah. The, the Dutch they they say it best. They say it fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. 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 But I I get it though. Mm-hmm. So you can't get that mad, right? But no, you did put God. the you do have the little. What do you call the two dots on top uh, of the uh? Yeah. So you do have that, and there is a V. So yeah, it's yeah. We it's, we, it's, a, it's an amazingly <coughs> visually, it looks very cool. Exactly. Like when we were naming the band Vök, it was just like it's fantastic on paper, and but we didn't think at <laughs> all <laughs> about how it would sound in English or like right all over. So, uh, but I I mean I like it. We like it. I find sometimes it, it, it sort of looks like a fashion um, brand. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I mean, sometimes it's called Vogue. Yeah, Vogue. <laughs> yeah. It's like my name is Lior, but people are like Dior because yeah. they think that it's, you know, a strange name. Where did you grow up? Let's start at the beginning. Where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Hapnafjörður okay. and Akranes. Hapnafjörður is basically a part of the... Um, of the city, Reykjavik. Mm-hmm. It's basically like a suburb. Superb, mm-hmm. yeah, in Reykjavik. And Akernes is like uh, an hour away from Reykjavik. So I'm like 50-50 there. Okay. Yeah, and I'm, uh, I'm, I was traveled a lot when I was growing up. Um, so I was born in Switzerland, spent a lot of time there. Um, 
also in Reykjavik and also in uh, Brussels, Belgium. Oh, wow. I covered a big festival in Belgium many years ago. Which one? Dour? Werchter. Werchter. Rockwerchter. Yeah. All right. It's a huge festival. Yeah. Brussels is quite scary, actually. Like I did, Yeah, the center. And I'm from like South Africa, so I handle stuff. But Brussels, I found, was, it's beautiful. But it was quite like quite seedy in some parts. Like they told us we weren't allowed to walk around alone. Yeah, I think like the first time or like the only time I've been to Brussels, there was like a, recently there was like a terror thing mm-hmm. and it yeah. was so creepy. Yeah, very dark. Like, yeah, very, very yeah. dark. I think I've never been that scared. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And I, so. I, I haven't either. And yeah. I've, I've been to very weird, scary places. Yeah. Um, but so so where, so that's where you grew up. But then where did you... So now you live in Iceland. Uh, yeah. Okay. For, for for the last um, six years now. Okay. Yeah. So how did the two of you meet? We basically met in uh, this competition called Music Telunir. Oh yeah. Music experience. Mm-hmm. Experience. Experiment. Experience, yeah. <laughs> experience sounds better. So yes. that's fine. <laughs> Both. But yeah, we got to know each other there. He was in a band called Kur. Yeah, we were competing against work. At the time. And you lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you yeah. at least admit it. Even though it was in the past, you could have changed the details, you know. Yeah. Okay, so you lost, you won. And then who um, contacted who? Then we actually traveled to the Netherlands, to Rotterdam together. Because um, <clears throat> one of the the prizes for winning was to take part in this uh, this program called uh, Stage Europe Network. Which okay. is like for young, young uh, musicians, like from various uh, parts of Europe and work was going there and and the people organizing the the competition they also offered um, my band at the time to join them okay um, because we were so few um, so we, yeah we, we spent a week together in, in Rotterdam and just making music and, and having fun um, and yeah, after that we became pretty good friends. So best friends. <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. What are you thinking? Now, now we are. Yeah. Um, so when you first started then playing together, did you know what kind of shape the band was going to take? Did you know what path you were going to go along? Because obviously I saw you a few years ago. And yeah. how it shifted is incredible. I mean, like in the beginning, we kind of, I mean, me and Andre, he's, he's not here. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, we basically, yeah, we were just two. And we basically, at that time, we knew how kind of a sound we wanted to make. And we did that. And that was like that period. Mm. But then, I mean, we just wanted to exper- ex- experiment with just the electronic music mm. and just like, tried to find our sound and and I basically like what what I had been craving a lot was just like to get more and more power and something more up tempo and I think that's what we've been working on mm-hmm. for the last years and I mean just evolving and just learning new stuff mm-hmm. writing new stuff so uh, yeah I think 
Yeah, I'm 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 talking in circles. <laughs> no, 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 I understand. I'm with you. Yeah. I think it's also really difficult to answer that question, I suppose, because you don't really I think if you're inside of it and you're making the music, you don't really know how far or how much it's changed as such. You just know what you're doing next and exactly. where you're going. It's just like you yeah. do what you feel then. And like you can see our like in our two EPs and yes. our last album, there's always like a big change there in between. Mm. So, Do you find though that your experience before this project, do you find that has helped as such to know what you don't want to do, what kind of music you don't want to make? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Were you in a band before? Um, I, I was in a band when I was... Uh, I think I was 13. And oh, wow. I, yeah. And I was with Ole. He was in the band before. He was a guitar player. Mm. He's basically like my little brother. And we were in a band called Wipeout. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you like just said it. You weren't like, I'm not going to tell you the name because uh, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Good. I like it. You're brave. Yeah. I, I really hope that uh, it will never, that music <laughs> will never get to the surface. Well, now that you've said it, everyone is right now Googling it's Atari not, music it's, yeah. and Wipeout. Yeah. But it's not on the internet, so uh, <laughs> you will never find it. You will find it. <laughs> okay, yeah. so you did that, and and you, how long have you been playing music? Um, I started playing drums when I was uh, thirteen years old. Oh wow! Also um, thirteen, lucky number thirteen. Yeah. Okay. I think there's a it's an age where you kind of uh, start wanting to uh, realize who you are. Mm. Uh, I don't know. That was it was a bit of like a identity completely m- moment um, for me. Then I yeah. Then I just went really f- all in into music. I stopped playing sports and uh, was just listening to music and, and playing instruments. All what the was time. the first instrument that you picked up? It was drums. Okay. Yeah, and I played. Um, started formed a band with two of my two of my friends mm-hmm. um, called Splinter. With a Y. God. I've never heard that. No. <laughs> Guys, where do you come up with this stuff? That's so great. Splinter. Yeah. And, and Wi-Fi. That's so great. Okay. <laughs> Carry on. Um, I'll stop giggling. And I played in a bunch of bands when I was when I was a teenager in Brussels. Um, I was playing at local pubs mm. and sort of on, on the... was trying to be an active part of, of the Brussels music scene. Um, but it was always, I was always an outsider. Mm. Um, and my my bands also were sort of looked as outsiders because we were all uh, basically international um, mm. people. Mm. So um, it was really nice to come to Reykjavik and start, you know, being active in the music scene here because... Uh, was it easier? It was easier because that's so surprising because it's so small. It's it's that's the thing. It's so small and there's um, it's just so uh, friendly. Yeah. It's so like it's it's like a big family and there's nobody like you know there's none of this like com- people competing mm. really except for the you know mm. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where no, she beat you? Yeah. yeah. There isn't this like attitude of like. <clears throat> Yeah, like I'm in an indie rock band. Mm. You're also in an indie rock band. And we need there's to. No we, there's no space for yeah, us. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, yeah, people aren't. 
I don't know, the egos I find are are smaller um, in Iceland, which is a, can be a very nice thing. Absolutely. It's so rare as well. The only reason why I was surprised was because in South Africa, it's also a really small uh, industry because it's tiny. But, but then now I'm in Chicago, which, you know, there's just millions of people all trying to do the same thing. But do you find that because there was no ego, you were allowed to explore that creativity as an artist? Do you think that that directly affected what kind of art you made? Because you came to Iceland and it was easier to to find people to play with. It was easier to be open about being an outsider. Or do you think you would have followed that path anyway? Um, There's many layers to this question. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Uh, Have you met me? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, I think uh, in Iceland it is very easy to make alternative and experimental music. Um, It's actually, you know, if you're uh, sort of in this current music scene, Mm. it's a bit strange if you are making normal normal sounding, quotation marks, um, music. Like I think there's a quote from, of Monsters and Men, um, which is the strange thing about us is that we're not strange. Yeah, um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah, that allows for a great, uh, great level of experimentation and um, just very creative outputs uh, mm. in Iceland. But it's it's difficult. It's also difficult being an outsider in Iceland, um, and it's also difficult being an outsider in Iceland when you. S- speak the language because mm. people assume that you have a background here and you're not a new right. person in yeah so they just assume that you sort of have plans you know for the weekend mm. you, uh, assume that you have your friend groups right and stuff. so it took a while to to kind of get Acclimate. into yeah it's really friends. hard in iceland to get yeah. into the groups yeah people is it really hard yes Guys, I find that it's hard around the world, everywhere. But South Africa is pretty hard too. Israel is why I lived there. It's, it's also really hard, but much easier than America because Americans are. I'll cut this out the podcast because <laughs> <laughs> this is American podcast. <laughs> but yeah, that's. But so they thought that you were Icelandic because you could yeah. speak the language. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So they. they so they just, just assumed, assumed you were. That I had from here. And, and okay. You know, so I, I would never normally get invited to parties or, or yeah. anything like that. So it wasn't until, like, you know, I, I was starting to uh, work actively in the music scene that mm. I, you know, was starting to meet um, other musicians and sort of, mm. you know, get, get friends that way. What age did you come to Iceland? Um, I was 19. Okay. Yeah. So it's a little, a little older, but still at the cusp of, like, you still think you know your shit and you think you know what you love and wait how old are you now <laughs> i'm 26. okay yeah. so you got you got a few years yeah. after that why is it easier then to make experimental music here other than the fact that there are just people open to doing it why do you think people why do you think there's a particular uh, courage to be able to think outside is it because the radio stations aren't playing what you know, normally UK or US audiences would be hearing the standard normal stuff, or do you think it's just the music that Icelanders have always made? I mean, we have like great role models here, like Björk and Sigurós, mm-hmm. and 
And I think the Icelandic music scene is really open mm. for basically everything. It's as you, as we said, there's a lot of space mm. here for experimenting. But um, yeah, I think it's also there's no big industry here. There's no um, yeah exactly. You know, th- for example, there's no publishing company. Mm. Uh, there's only a couple of re- record labels, only a few um, record stores. Mm. Everything is very small town feel, um, and there's no there's no sort of industry telling you that hey, if you want to make money and mm. be successful as an artist, you need to be making this sort of music. Mm. Um, there's no <laughs> there's no money to be made here. Mm. Um, you know, sort of, uh, or at least to a large degree. Yeah, right, um, <coughs> right. So I, th- I don't think that's that's really like in anybody's minds really mm. when they are kind of just sitting down and writing music. Like they're not thinking like, hey, I'm gonna write my next big hit. Mm, or, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's quite a wonderful way to treat your art because I always think a little bit about the word intention and like why you do the things that you do. And I quite like that you don't have that worry constantly or you don't have to fit into any mold. Obviously, it would be amazing if you could write that one hit and then, you know, it goes out in the world like Americans or mm-hmm. people from Europe and the UK. But I, I think that that's quite an amazing start to your process. Where are you at now? Are you releasing new music, or how is that? What? Where are you in that process? <laughs> we just finished our album at five o'clock this morning. No <laughs> way, <laughs> guys! We all just high five. I put my own high five in there. That's wonderful. Yeah. So you finished that. So when is that coming out? I'm so greedy. When is that out for the public? Um, I think the release date hasn't been announced, but it's going to be early next year. Okay. Yeah. So is it already gone for mastering and everything today? Yeah, just received the master. Um, yeah, woo five woo o'clock woo. this morning. That's so. so crazy. How long have you been working on it? Basically from the beginning of summer. Mm. This summer. Yeah, like a- April. April, yeah. yeah. That's when we kind of first started yeah. Yeah, putting things down. Um, so it's been a hectic summer. Mm. Yeah. But isn't that the best way that it happens? That's like you need that so that you can. I don't know uh, how what type of artist you are, but like I'm sure that working in different projects helps you focus more. So doing yeah. multiple things at once helps you focus more, right? Or is that not the case? It helps you get panic attacks. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I know, but maybe yeah. that's what some people need to function. Yeah, yeah. I think deadlines um, are great. Yeah, uh, I love Feeling and hate <laughs> <laughs> not meeting deadlines. Yeah. But at least, like when uh. when you have somebody that that is making a, a structured plan for you, or you know you are. You, you're planning mm. for some months in advance. It's uh, it's a nice way of of, of managing your time. Mm. Like um, when you're sort of just working towards something without any clear deadline mm. or release date or something. It can, oh, I think, almost always stretch for a really mm. long time. 
Mm. Do you, is that because, because I know that a lot of artists that I speak to, if they have studio time, that also affects it because they've got to pay. So the amount of time that they spend in studio, they lessen because the more expensive it is, you know, the longer they're there, the more expensive it is. I find, so that, yeah, I find that really difficult to work in an environment like that. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, like, oh, I'm not making the most of my time here. I just, I don't know. I really prefer working just at home. Mm. Um, is that where you recorded the new album? Yeah, basically, and also we went to London to okay. work with a producer. He's called uh, James Earp, mm-hmm. and his environment is really chilled and yeah. like very homey. Homey, mm. yeah. Mm. Do you have a name for the album? Uh, <laughs> oh my I'm god! Just to th- I'm just trying to listen. Think I'm a lie detector. Yeah. You can't <laughs> get past me. You don't have to say it if you don't want to, but you can announce it on my show. Uh, can we? Can we? You can. Yeah. Do we? Can we? I don't know. I, 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 I have no idea. Uh, Maybe you can't. Can you? I don't, I don't know. Just the when name? Does this get aired? Oh, like next week. Okay. It's, it's going to be a surprise. <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, fans. But actually, that will keep them, te- you know, you're teasing them. That would keep yeah. them excited. But can we talk a little bit about the first concert that you ever saw, um, whether that's in Brussels, where you grew up, or here? Um, the first show ever that you saw and or one that was the most memorable. Oh Do you remember God. that? I think I think uh, the first show that I saw was like when I was like maybe seven and uh, there was a band playing outside my school um, and they were called like Pig's Ear or something. <laughs> wow. Pig's Ear. Yeah, okay. it, was a, it was sort of like vaguely remember them being sort of punkish and I I um, got invited onto the stage uh, and took one of the, like sang one song just what? total gibberish <laughs> with them wait were yeah. you are your folks are your parents in music uh, no okay no. so they didn't like push you on the stage usually musicians would like push <laughs> their kids on stage okay so no. you just ran on this on stage yeah he he I think he dared me, and I was always, if somebody dared me to do something when I was a kid, I... You would do it? I would do it, yeah. That's amazing. I was, like, so scared. Yeah, me too. So, so and then after that, did you want to perform? Did no, it was, like, it wasn't until I was, like, I really didn't have much interest in music. Like, yeah. I, I listened to Limp Bizkit. That was my favorite band for many years mm. when I was a kid. Mm. Um, and Eminem and then yeah it wasn't until I was like 13 that I I started discovering like sort of these old bands like Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and stuff and got really into Mm. into music what was the first show that you yeah what was the first show you are you thinking now absolutely no clue (laughs) I am the first show the first show it's just because I'm overthinking right yeah, now. Yeah, of just course, because it, it it is a lot to say the first one. Yeah. Um, or maybe a show that you saw that affected you as an artist that you saw someone performing and you thought this is really this really talks to my heart. This is what I want to do. Yeah. Was there yeah. anything like that? Uh, I saw Portishead mm. uh, and wow. Massive Attack the same summer here in Iceland a couple of years ago. And I was just completely mind blown. Uh, 
Beth Gibbons, the singer yeah. of Portishead, she just like, I was, I think my jaw was just like on the floor, mm. like the whole concert. And they had like amazing visuals mm. and just like, it was spot on. And it was like in this, in this, uh, Flugskile. It was in mm. a hangar in, in Keplavik mm. at the airport. And yeah, it was just like so unique and so cool because like Portishead is my all-time favorite band and Massive Attack. And that's basically the reason why I'm in the music industry. Was in it because music, of the basically. style of the the genre? Because obviously Massive Attack is one of, and Portishead also, mm-hmm. what I grew up with. Yeah. And I will never not love that music. Mm-hmm. But was was it, is it because of the feeling that it gives you, or because you actually love the songwriting? I like just everything. Everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've I've been listening to them for a long time, and there's something just with the UK music, trip hop, that genre, and that, that time whole era, nineties. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it just really, really speaks to me. So there's one. I was just thinking, uh, Mass Attacks one video that played on MTV. I don't know when you guys got MTV in Iceland. We got it like in South Africa very late, like ninety seven or something. I don't yeah. know when. We had you got a, it. We had pop TV, yeah, which I think was our equivalent, and there was a lot of stuff that was was played on MTV, was played on pop TV. Okay, yeah. pop TV. Is it still around? Pop TV. No, no, no. no. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and unfinished sympathy, which is one of my favorite Mass yeah. Attack songs. So good. It's so good. I like it. Literally listen to it once a week if I can. Yeah, they're like maybe um, more. Th- those songs are just timeless. They're absolutely timeless. So. Yeah, and then do you remember the first show that you played together as Vök? Vök? How do I pronounce Vök. it? Vök. 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 Yeah. There you go. Yeah, Vök. Basically, um, the first show. Basically, uh, the Vök first show is at Musiktilnet. That's okay. At the music. Yes, at the competition. Yeah, and but then when you shifted, when when was that and where was that show? The first show that I that I played with you, I think, was in. Um, Vilnius. Vilnius, really? I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, and that was a crazy, crazy gig. That Why? Was I remember. Gig. I remember. Our, our Why was it crazy? It was just like so many people and and like really great vibe, and we were like playing outside, and it was like, yeah. It was super like nice weather. It was really hot. Um, and I remember our manager was staring at me the <laughs> whole concert, just waiting for me to fuck up. Why He's were you like a <laughs> shark, our manager? He's like, <laughs> <laughs> are you known to mess up? Is that why he was watching no, you? Like, it was the first gig, you know. And, yeah. 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 He a lot riding on it. people. But that's why you love him, right? Yeah, you, need you, you need that. You need that. Yeah. yeah. So that was the first one. Do you, do you have any shows maybe that you didn't, that you, not local shows, shows that you've gone overseas to play that have really stuck out? Anything that you remember a show being really memorable? I think I'm I'm never gonna forget uh, the one in Colors of Strava. Yeah, same. Yeah, that was like uh, that was probably one of the biggest shows we've ever done, and it was yeah, there was just so many people, and it was so so hot there, and like I just remember the <laughs> just like the sweat just yeah. leaking in my eyes. I was just trying to see. Oh my god. It was, uh, yeah, I don't know. There was just something really magical about. Uh, I remember, like, Ole's guitar, he, he, it turned, like, 
white after the after the show because <laughs> what? of the sweat. Like, what what color was it originally? Uh, like black. Black. <laughs> Basically yeah. black. Yeah. I, uh, a girl threw uh, like a panda uh, teddy bear oh. to the stage. <laughs> like I love pandas. And she oh, knew. that's nice. Yeah. Roskile, um, that was uh, you were on the sound there. Yeah. Yeah. There was a girl that asked me to marry her. Really? So uh, is that the strangest thing you've <laughs> had from a fan? A panda Probably. and and a marriage yeah. proposal. Yeah. Really? Yeah, Do you often get fans coming up to you and and inviting you to? Um, they're usually quite just nice and yeah. polite. This is probably the craziest, craziest moment, I guess. Yeah. And talk to me a little bit about touring and how you find it. Because obviously you, as the industry here, as you said, there's not much of it in the traditional sense of things. But when you're having to tour all the time and being away from your family, how do you connect with that? Because each artist is different. I can't just assume how you relate to touring. So how is it for you? Do you enjoy it? Or is it just you prefer being in the studio? Um, I mean, probably the two, the first two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, it changes by the days you know but we l- we love it but mm. it's, as we said it's as you said it's hard because of like family mm. and it's probably h- hard for everybody in a way mm. but it's so I just love a bit of both I think. yeah like, mm. it, it, studio time gets you know it can be too much sometimes yeah. and touring can be too much and mm. um i think uh the grass is always a bit greener yeah and um, I'm finding like touring a little bit more difficult now after after I had a, had a daughter. Yeah, yeah. Um, that happens when your life starts to shift like that. That yeah. happens. How old is your daughter? She turned one. Oh. Uh, just last. She is the cutest. Two weeks ago. Oh wow! Is she a Scorpio? Do you believe in no, stars? No, she's a, she uh, uh, is a Leo. No, what's uh, before Scorpio? Libra. No, wait, Libra. Because oh, what's before Scorpio? No, it is Libra. The October. The scales. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Scales, yeah. Ah, she's a nice one. Yeah. She's a sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so she turned one. Gosh, that must be difficult touring it is, without, yeah, without being around. We, you know, we're trying to not tour too much. Mm. Like, uh, we, you know, our, our plans, we're making, making plans for 2019. And mm. it's, yeah, I think we're... we're trying to preserve our mental health mm. um, with the plan that's in motion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. And that's difficult, but you have to put that down. Even if you want to get to as many places as possible, you have to have control over that. Yeah. Um, well, what do you love then about touring? What is it on the other side of it? What What is it? Obviously, it allows you to come face to face with fans mm-hmm. you've never met before. But what else about it does it? That really speaks to who you are as artists. It's just like the ex- uh, the expression you get, uh, or like uh, just utrausen, the like the output energy. Yeah, the energy. Yeah, just like it, it's always like when I come home from like a month tour, it's just like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hit like the rock, rock bottom, bottom, and I'm just like, what am I doing? <laughs> Why am I here? 
<laughs> so, but it's it's amazing to be able to like travel all over Europe and mm. see all of those people and see new places. See new yeah. places. It's just like I, I had never imagined I could be doing this, you know. Mm-hmm. So, do do you have a favorite place that you visited yet that really that you just always wanted to see and that you really loved? A city we, or a country, wherever. We always have like an amazing time in Poland. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Poland's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Did uh, you play a festival there or just a show? Just a show. Oh, okay. When did you go there? We, we've we been there now every year for the last three years. Oh, really? We, just, uh, we do our biggest shows there, actually. Um, it's like our That's biggest, so strange. biggest market. Yeah. Why do you think? I think it's the Iceland. Yeah, Link. There's a, yeah. yeah. Um, there's an f- amazing festival called Off Festival. Okay. I don't know if you've been to that or know about that. You should definitely try play that. It's it's great. It's all this your kind of music, mm-hmm. and or harder, ma- yeah. very experimental. It's kind of their alternative festival. Yeah. yeah, we still haven't like gotten a lot of festivals, so we like yeah. still are waiting for that moment. Is there a festival that you want to play? As you Rockwester, that's like my old. I've been there, I think, two, one or two times. Mm. I'd love to play Reading and Leeds. Mm. Yes, yes. And of course, uh, the, what is it called? The biggest one in Glastonbury. Glastonbury. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they didn't have it this year. They had. Yeah, they have to like clear the field oh, and like okay. give it a rest for a year and then yeah. they'll come back oh, okay. next year. It's pretty cool. I like yeah. that because yeah. the guy's like, I don't give a shit if you want to come to my festival. Yeah. I'm just going to preserve the nature and then you can come back and kill it next year yeah. um and then talk talking about iceland airwaves what do you because i've covered it now i think this is my fifth year or something and i know that it's shifted along the years and especially this year without things happening at heart i know that you're playing harper tomorrow yeah which is also there's barely any shows at harper as you know the last few years Mm-hmm. All the shows were there, pretty yeah. much. Why do you love playing this festival? And do you find that it's as exciting as it always has been? Because it's, you know, your hometown. I mean, there's there's just something about airwaves. The, it always, personally, it gives me, like, uh, butterflies in the stomach. Um, I, uh, Iceland Airways, ha- has, ha- they have done a lot for us, like... We've got, and also like the KXP mm. thing, and it's just like, yeah, I think, I think we would be a bit stetrakomin if we airways. We wouldn't have gotten as far yeah. Yeah, if basically. it hadn't been for airways, yeah, yeah. Mm. for sure. It's sort of like the annual party for the music scene here. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I don't know, the vibe is like, it's it the whole city just like changes like for a week um and it's just like it's i don't know it's such an adventure yeah Yeah. (laughs) and you'll never be disappointed which i think is so rare there's so many festivals where you're like oh i don't want to go to this random place it's 45 minutes walk away but Mm -hmm. if you go you know you're going to find something and especially this year what do you think about how there's not many international acts uh, as there there has been in the past few years, like Mumford and Sons played here, was it last year or the year before? Yeah. There, there's been those like big international acts, but this year it's there's international acts, but not as huge. Yeah. They're usually like third line on on a festival. We love them, but what do you what do you think about that? 
I I don't know. I think like m- the festival doesn't need it. I think it's not necessary mm. for this festival. It's but not that sort of festival. Yeah, right? yeah, it's like exactly. It's a it's a, it's a sh- showcase festival for for um, the next big thing or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, for artists on the rise. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think, and that's something that maybe like for example, South by Southwest have lost a little bit over the years. But they always say that Iceland Airwaves is similar to that, right? Because yeah. it's like in different venues around the city and tr- figuring things out. Yeah. But there is something quite magical about Iceland Airwaves in that, again, they don't put anyone in that they know are shitty. They're only putting... A, there is quite a process to get in. Or do you f- feel like there's just every band that's available in Iceland is playing Airwaves? I, th- I don't know. I find sometimes there's acts that I would like to see on the mm. on the roster uh, but they're they're not there and i don't know the reasons uh, just like every year i'm like oh well it's interesting why this band is not playing mm. at the, the festival yeah but um they they they, they curated uh, really well for the for them for the most part mm. like it's it's um they're really in the grassroots and they know uh, what's happening in the underground scene and um yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sort of they're not always just just picking their their uh, friends mm. and, and, and their closest yeah colleagues or whatever. Do um, you feel like there's a genre and a trend right now in Iceland? Because last year I found there were a lot of hip hop and female rappers. Mm-hmm. There were so many, and this year I'm finding there's a lot of pop artists, like much more than I ever maybe listened to. Maybe I'm just listening to them for the first time. Mm-hmm. So do you find that there's like a trend in in the music scene at the moment at all? I think yeah, the hip hop and pop are still. Uh, yeah. Pop, pop, pop is getting more, um, more ac- accep- accepted. Yeah. Uh, I find, like Why do you think? I know that's a hard question, mm. but I'm genuinely like I don't know the answer. Yeah. I'm like genuinely curious. I don't really. It always goes in circles. Mm. I think we're just ready for more party now or something. I don't know. Yeah, because <laughs> the world's so <laughs> shitty. We need something. But I mean, yeah. your music is still. It feels like that as well. There's a lot yeah. of hope in it. Also, it's not. Even music, though, that is quite dark and down, I find mm-hmm. this. Yeah. I mean, we love to... We're a pop band. We're a, we're a pop band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we love to write about dark things. So, yeah. yeah. It's nice to mix it up. Writing those things and then performing them, do you disconnect from that? Because obviously you've got to then relive whatever you wrote. Do you, do you feel like you disconnect from the lyrics somewhat in that sense? Just so that you can perform and click off and become this, you know. Yeah, I like. I usually don't like just get get deep in the lyrics when I'm performing mm. because I don't know. I don't, I've never thought about that though. Well, just because I like I once interviewed this man who had lost uh, someone very close to him yeah. and wrote about it, and then. I was wondering how he felt singing it back and also having people sing it to him. It's like, how do you feel when you've gone through something so big Mm -hmm. and then having someone else singing it back to you? It's kind of, it's a weird, it's a strange relationship. Yeah. No, I'm not a a singer, but I I would imagine it's maybe a little bit of a therapeutic thing Mm. when you're talking, when you're writing about like um, personal 
things, mm-hmm. um, and you're kind of getting this um, this release um, by putting it in your art, and then it's sort of out. Like yeah, I think it's for for me personally. Like when I write it, uh, I feel it a lot then. But it's basically as it's li- like it shuts. Yes, it's stu- yeah. When it's out in the world. Wow. It's basically like it's out. Yeah. Somebody else's. Yeah, basically, you kind of just have to relive it through mm-hmm. the lyrics and. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Is, yeah, I don't know. It's a and stra- <laughs> it was just something I was wondering about, especially because you do write about things that are close, yeah. you know, close to you, and then you have to sing it and perform it. Yeah, and everybody has a different way. Like Alice Cooper, when I chatted to him, he is completely different yeah. to Alice Cooper on stage because, of course. Yeah. So, but he can tell you how he felt when he wrote it, but he can't tell you who he was on stage. It's like he blanks out, you know, yeah. <laughs> like a coping, like to to cope, you yeah. know. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's it's sometimes a blackout. You can't. Like, yeah. So, can you talk at all about the new album? Just maybe you don't have to give me the name, but just maybe the themes that you've uh, that you've written about, the things that you have started to explore. I mean. Yeah, we wrote. We basically wrote a list for each song. <laughs> it was like disappointment, <laughs> afraid of the dark, um, uh, just like heartbreak, um, dishonesty. There's there are just like these these basic uh, human emotion. What what everybody probably feel, and you mm. can. I mean, it's 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 hard to not. Yeah, it's really straightforward. Mm. Forward this 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 album. You can you can feel yeah, it's it's un- yeah. It's the music is is brighter um than it has been before. Yeah. Uh it's like more more direct mm. um and uh, you know, some would say a little bit more poppy. Mm. But the the themes are quite dark. Yeah. I don't think there's one happy <laughs> <song>. <laughs> so the melody is happy but the songs the the intent and the actual narrative of the songs is yeah. a little yeah. down okay yeah. but i like that uh that jack's yeah the yeah. contrast yeah. i think that that's really interesting because mm-hmm. most dance songs which is why i love dance music most dance songs or electro from the 90s also really dark yeah. and people are like all dancing and singing and they don't even know what they're singing about yeah. okay. so so and if it's out next year, how? Because you're at a weird space now. You're gonna play a show tomorrow, yeah. and then you have months before the album comes out. What do you plan on doing? We're actually going on ski? tour. Ski. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Well, we're going on tour. Uh, we're supporting editors. Oh wow! Amazing. Starting next week. Yeah. Uh, so. Ah. We're gonna do I think ten. Or eight shows with yeah, them. Eight shows That's with amazing. Yeah. Justin is a friend. I will message him. He's great. That that whole band is right. incredible. Oh, they're nice. Yes, okay. very nice. Yeah. I don't know the rest of the band, I only okay. know Justin. Yeah. But they are so good live. Oh. And their fans are obsessed. So you'll have okay. you'll you'll be able to warm them up, you know? Okay. Yeah. So nice. you so you leave next week? Yeah. yeah. Uh, when Wednesday next week or 
for Thursday. Is this the biggest band that you've opened for? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Are you frightened? Yeah. <laughs> Good. <in> my pants. <laughs> yeah. But that's amazing. What a yeah. what an accomplishment as well. And especially because you'll be able to learn also so quickly. Yeah. Where other bands take years to do that. It'll will be such a it'll be like a crash course, you know. Yeah. yeah we've never done done the support tour like this before. So yeah. We're excited to do something new um, on the road. Yeah. Yeah, and and hopefully, like I mean, these are huge venues, mm. so. Yeah. Mm, we might get a couple of fans. A <laughs> couple of new fans. A couple yeah. of new fans. Yeah. Do you have like a saying just to end off? I know this is a, a like a kind of strange thing, but do you have a saying that you love in Icelandic that uh, somebody might not know or phrase just something that I know a lot of them are revolved around fish, but yeah. <laughs> is there something that you love to remember maybe when life is a little challenging and you need like pick me up is there anything i love the one at the camera interesting mm-hmm. there's a there's one that is used a lot uh, which is mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> what does that mean they basically mean the same yeah. okay but uh at the that basically means it comes with the cold water it's it's basically Wow, it's hard to. I wonder, I wonder if it's like something to do with like cooling down a burn with cold water. Yeah. Mm. But it's like the camera That's I think it's like for me how I understand it. It's basically just like uh, slow growth is healthy or something. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. And the other one. Um, yes. Uh, it's. It sort of means it will sort itself out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, the, uh, yeah, basically. It will just sort itself out. It will yeah. sort itself yeah. out. Yeah. I love that. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And good luck for tomorrow. I'll be there. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This Must Be The Gig is produced by Adam Kibble and we'd like to thank Billy Yost and The Kickback for our theme song, Rube, and buy their music at thekickbackband.com, Lexi Frame for the artwork, Daniel Brater and Dean Berger for the additional sound design, and The Consequence Podcast Network where you'll find a bunch of other amazing shows. listened this far why not go the extra mile and leave us a review on apple podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts your comments provide valuable feedback for us and it helps other people find us too for information on new episodes be sure to follow us on facebook twitter or instagram at tmbtgpod and generally just irritate everyone you know about the show thanks again and i miss you already
Consequence Podcast Network.